call from Pastor Lynn just a few days ago, and he asked if I would come to Calvert City to his church while he was gone to preach. And I was like, I'd be glad to. It'd be an honor. And so it is an honor for me to be here today. Then my wife told me a little later on, she said, uh, Catherine had put on Facebook, I would love to be at church this Sunday where I could hear a good preacher preach. <laughs> she may have not have said it that way, but that's the way I interpreted it. Um, but then I realized that she chose uh, Disney World over me. And so I was a little bit disappointed, and so I come to you kind of with a heavy heart, but then I come this morning and I saw Jonathan. And his first words were to me, Mom and Daddy wouldn't let me go. And I said, son, that happens after you get married. You're out. Free vacations are over. You're on your own. And uh, so uh, it's just interesting to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be back with family. I have been here. There he is. Bless his heart. Everybody stretch forth your hand toward Jonathan. Say, just be with him, Lord. Uh, so I don't feel near as bad that Catherine chose Walt Disney. She's probably, I think, getting close to her last trip. And then it would just be Lynn and Tammy and hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Uh, since I've seen y'all, I've had another grandbaby that makes six. I am a blessed man. Uh, God has blessed me so much. And I have six of the most beautiful uh, grandbabies, four girls, two little boys. And um, three of them call me uh, granddaddy, and uh, two of them call me Gangan. I don't know where that come from, but I'm Gangan. And uh, so I am blessed. My son is pastoring now in the city of Memphis. They just bought a new home in Bartlett. My daughter uh, married a Baptist. We can't help that. Uh, but she married a Baptist. He is a Baptist deacon, Baptist youth pastor, very involved in church. So I am a very blessed man. My wife is leading worship at our church this morning. I don't get to take her with me when we minister or whenever I go out. And so I always leave her at our church because I don't want to take away. You can sometimes replace a preacher, but it's hard to replace Steve or uh, a worship leader or something like that when they're gone. So you want to uh, make sure as much as you can that you leave them with them. I want to pray with you this morning. And I want to get into the word. God has really been doing some amazing things in our church. Salvations have become a norm. Hallelujah. I love it when I say that. 33 new converts saved this year. 16 uh, rededications and uh, so we have had a number of souls number of lives changed but whenever you see people changed and being transformed that doesn't mean that uh, everything is always good it means that you've got a lot of baby Christians around and there's a lot of stuff that goes with baby Christians and so that's why church people need to understand the idea of discipleship we need to be discipling people you don't disciple people necessarily in a class. You disciple them by putting your arms around them and loving them and encourage them and uh, kind of driving them on and not to give up and just uh, do those things. So I want you to pray for our church. We are going through some major transitions right now. We're growing. God is doing some great things. But as I pray for you today, I want you to ask God to pray for Junction Church. Um, we, we just, we feel like God is right in the midst of what we're doing right now. Transition is happening. We're changing some things. Uh, we're going against tradition. Amen. How many of you know, sometimes you got to knock tradition out of the way. Uh, for years I had a religious spirit like brother Albert and had to wear a tie every time I come to church. And uh, I am breaking free from that. And if y'all notice, I am even wearing blue jeans. I, I mean, it took, some, it took some time for me to get beyond this. Uh, but I'm starting to feel a little bit free. I still got the coat on. Going to keep the coat on while I preach. If I sweat, just let me sweat. Leave me alone, and I'm going to be good this morning. Amen? It just takes time for a fellow to just get totally free. I want, you to, uh, I want you to go with me in the Word today, and I want to really talk about Independence Day. We celebrated on Monday our country's independence. 
And one of the things that I really notice right now is our country is probably in one of the worst messes that we've ever been in. But right in the midst of all the chaos, I want y'all to realize this morning that there is a pastor that stands in front of you this morning and I have peace and I put my trust in an almighty God. As I look at every dollar that I spend and I do it very well, I still look at that, that statement on it. It is in God we trust. And I still put my trust in God. And I don't believe that America's gone too far that God can't bring a revival right in the midst of where we are. Amen. So God is a good God. God can do some amazing things. So if you will, I want you to pray for Junction Church as I pray for y'all. Father, it is such a joy to be in Abundant Life Worship Center this morning. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that you have ordained this moment. God, we thank you that, Lord, that these faithful people have come out knowing that Brother Lynn is out of town, but knowing that, Father, they still need to be faithful to you, Lord. And, God, I pray today as we are about to open up the Word of God and we're about to go into something, God, that maybe they did not expect, God, I pray that, Lord, that you will just anoint me. Father, use me. Use my hands. Use my feet. Use my mouth. God, let me be a mouthpiece for you, Father. Lord, I thank you that... Lord that you're an awesome God in this place God Father you're a good good father and Lord we give you praise for this day in Jesus name amen and amen how many of you love the Lord this morning amen Amen. I want to get started this morning simply with this little story there was a little boy by the name of Johnny Johnny was this neat little boy and he went to stay with his mamma or his mima or his grandma. He went to spend some time with her and he was going to get to spend about a week with her. Well, mamma is the type. I don't know if any of you ever remember. My, my grandmother did this. She would never throw anything away, especially a mattress. And so they would just stack mattresses on top of one another. And if you fell off of Granny's mattress uh, at our house, your nose was going to bleed. I mean, she had it raised up. And now they sell beds that way. And I have one at my house. But here's the thing that Johnny, whenever Johnny got in the bed that night, about 2 in the morning, Johnny just fell off the bed. And Mama heard it. And she said, Johnny, are you okay? And he said, Mama, I fell off the bed. And she said, well, get back in. And so he climbs in the bed, and about two hours later, another loud boom, and Johnny falls off the bed. Mama, I fell off the bed again. About three nights this happened in the middle of the night. And finally, Johnny said, Mama, and she went in there, and he said, Mama, what's my problem? Said, every night I've come to your house, I keep falling off the bed. She said, it's very simple, Johnny. You're just not getting in far enough. How many of you know whenever it comes to our walk with the Lord, sometimes I feel like we're just not getting in far enough. I think that God is really challenging us today to get in a little bit further than what we've been. Um, I think we went through a transition of many years of us going to church and uh, I think that we really depended upon a pastor or somebody to pray us out of all of our troubles but I believe that God is raising up a generation right now where that they know how to call on God for themselves. How many of you know what I mean this morning? It's good for preachers to lay hands on you but sometimes you just need to go in for yourself. You need to just realize I've got a, I've got a place to be and I've got something to do for the Lord. So this morning as we go into this I want to, to kind of lay some uh, background because there was a young man in the, in the country of Egypt. And uh, he, he was raised up, and he was raised up in bondage. He didn't really understand uh, what it meant to be free. He didn't understand what freedom really was. But one day there was an older guy that come through, and uh, he began to uh, deal with Pharaoh. And as he dealt with Pharaoh, he began to lead God's people out. And this little boy paid attention to uh, what the man named Moses began to do. 
And uh, this little boy wound up being a servant boy to Moses. He was somebody that was always with him. He was somebody that always stayed in the presence of Moses. Whenever Moses went up on Mount Sinai, he went up. Whenever, whenever you see some things that was going on, whenever they got to the bottom of the hill, it was this little boy that said, there seems like a sound of noise in the camp and something's going on. And you watch this little boy. He spent time in the tabernacle when, when Moses would leave. This little boy named Joshua began to understand the idea of what it means to be submissive. He began to be submissive to the leadership. And so he watched things as they began to leave out of Egypt. And so this little boy was growing. He was maturing. Whenever they got to the place called the Red Sea, the Red Sea was something that held them back from ever uh, pursuing what God had for their life. And so when they got to the Red Sea, they realized that Pharaoh's army was coming. And uh, all of us know this story, I know. But, but whenever they got to that point, it was Moses that raised his rod out over the sea. And the waters parted. And they went over on dry ground. And then the waters fell whenever Pharaoh and his army began to try to come back through. And these people all of a sudden became free from their past. Everything that, that they had lived in for the last 430 years of their life, all of a sudden they found themselves at a place where they didn't have to worry about that anymore. But then there became other challenges. Whenever they come to a place called Kadesh Barnea, it was, it was our brother Moses that said uh, he chose 12 men. He chose 12 guys and he found these guys. How many of you know sometimes you can choose the wrong people to be around you? All right, let's go somewhere this morning. He chose these 12 guys to be around him. Whenever they went out into the, out into the promised land, whenever they come back, 10 of them said, we can't do it. Two of them, one by the name of Joshua and one by the name of Caleb, said, you know what? We can take this group. We can overcome this adversity. But the 10 said, we cannot do it. And because of the 10 having uh, disobedience toward God and not believing that God was bigger than any problem, that they ever had in their life for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness going round and round and they was out but they wasn't in Hello? Does everybody understand that? They got out of bondage, but they never got in. How many of you know there's too many Christians living today in the world of in-between? I find it as a pastor that it's very simple for people to begin to go to church and they try to get their lives straightened out, but they try to see how close they can live to the gates of hell and still go to heaven. Woo. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? You've got to realize that there's something better than just living in between. I'm out of bondage and I'm living as a Christian, but God's got something better for me. And it took me a number of years to figure this out for myself. Sometimes you need to just figure some things out for yourself. And God's got a better plan for my life. He's got a better purpose for my life. He's got a destiny for my life. I have been appointed to a purpose. And we, as God's children, need to realize that, that there is a plan that God has for me and brother Joshua realized that it happened whenever brother Moses all of a sudden went up and uh, he looked at the promised land and he never come back he died up there and they never saw him again but before all of this happened God told Moses said put what I have given you lay your hands on brother Joshua because he's about to take over if y'all want to listen to this series I've, I preached a whole series last month uh, called uh, under pressure. I, I want y'all I want y'all to if you want to turn to Junction Church sometime and just listen to the four sermons, great sermons, and I'll take you all through that. I'm trying to get built up to where I can get to July 4th. So as we as we look at Joshua, all of a sudden he begins to be in Joshua chapter one inspired by God. God says, This is what I'm gonna do for you. I want you to not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I've got a great plan for your life. I'm fixing to take you into something that you've never been in before. In Joshua chapter 2, 
something significant happens in Joshua chapter 2. Uh, it says that, that, that Joshua did this secretly. After he had been inspired by God, he began to investigate. He began to investigate what was in the promised land. This time, instead of what Moses did at Kadesh Barnea, he didn't send 12, he just sent 2. Because he remembered it was me and Caleb that went in. And, and maybe these two that are, are submitted, these two that understand what being submitted to God is all about, maybe they'll come back with a good with a good definition of what we can do so those guys secretly went in they come back and said we can do this we can overtake this again let me say whenever I got to Joshua chapter 2 sometimes we we are worried about the quantity of the people that we gather around us we want a lot of people in our system but I tell you I am not near as concerned about the quantity of the person as I am the quality of the person I'm looking for somebody that is sold out to God I'm looking for somebody that has their name written down in heaven and their they're not playing uh, pretend. They are not living in between. They realize I serve a God that is well able to call us and do things that are impossible with some. But with God, all things are possible. We can make this happen. So all of a sudden, we see Joshua. He has been inspired. He has been investigating the situation. And then we get to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4. He begins to initiate the plan. In Joshua chapter 3, God says, I'm about to take you a place that you've never been before. See, that's something that really should sing loudly to the church because I believe just as I said a while ago, we have a lot of traditional things in our life that are not effective anymore and we need to find out what can we do as a church that we can affect the lives and touch as many lives as we possibly can. We have something in our church that we are implementing right now. It's nothing new. It's just taken me a little bit longer to get there and we have these little groups inside of our church. We have a base our softball team and our softball team is winning people to the church we had two new families to come this year just because of our softball team sometimes you have to get outside the box and you have to do some things and the thing that I want to tell you about our softball team whenever they come to church they come to church to play softball that's that's kind of that's kind of fleshly you might say but as they come to church and they got in the presence or in the anointing where God is doing something all of a sudden they transition from being there for softball they realized I'm not there for softball anymore. I'm here to be uh, a person that, that come to be in the presence of God. And all of a sudden they begin to join our team. It's not a baseball team. It's not a softball team. But it is a team of people that are in love with God. And all of a sudden we're watching these people begin to transition to this. So God is taking the church in a new way that they've never been before. God is wanting to do something in our lives that he's never done before. How many of you believe God's got more for your life than what you're walking in right now? The reason for it is sometimes we are still living in between of what God has done for us. We've gotten out, but we've never gotten in. We are just living in between. So the other day, whenever we got uh, to the end of uh, June, we got to July, and uh, I struggled. In the month of June, hearing from God was just like God just opened up the windows of heaven, throwing out nuggets. And uh, sometimes if you've ever been in, in, in ministry, you realize that sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to labor, sometimes you have to fight for it. Other times you just wake up in the middle of the night and God's just filling you full of stuff. It was one of those months for me. But whenever I got to Independence Day, whenever I got to us talking about about the freedom that only God can give, I begin to struggle. I begin to, I begin to realize that, hey, what are we going to do? What are, where are we going to go? And my wife said something to me. She said, honey, you just preached one of the best series that I've ever heard you preach before, and I want you to just continue us there where you are. Well, it's a good thing to listen to your wife and be submitted to your wife, but I don't want to just please her. I want to please God. And so I went to bed about 11 o'clock on Saturday night last week and uh, I went to bed and she said well you got it and I said nope and she said what are you going to do I said I'm going to sleep Preacher got a, preacher's got to rest 
And so I laid down and I went to sleep. And whenever I woke up the next morning, my alarm clock went off at 5 a.m. in the morning. I woke up and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. God just began to drop it in my spirit. And he said, listen, I'm tired of you and everybody else in your church living in between. And I'm ready for you to get out of the in-between and step into what God has promised you. There is an inheritance. There is a dependence on me that you need to start living. And you need to start walking it instead of just talking. It. How many of you know we have way too many people in the church world today talking it, but they sure ain't living it? Am I in a Pentecostal church or did I miss the sign or something? So, happy Independence Day. We're talking about freedom. What is freedom? It's actually personal liberty. Personal liberty. Now, this may mean different things for different people. Your liberty or your freedom may mean something different. It just may mean I'm not in bondage anymore. And whenever I look at this, this tells me that you can live in the middle of problems and you've never stepped into what you, you can say I'm free. When, whenever I got to looking at this, I began to look at a scripture the other day and it talked about uh, those that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. So I've done what any good preacher did. I, I went and tried to listen to a T.D. Jake sermon. And I listened to T.D. And T.D. really opened my eyes whenever he said this. That whom the sun sets free. Do y'all remember a few months ago. Whenever the uh, two guys had some lady inside the prison help her escape. Or, or help them escape where they were. And they got out. Now you might say that whenever they escaped from the prison they were free. But they really wasn't. Because they constantly was having to look over their back. They was constantly trying to look at somebody's going to catch me. Somebody's going to get me. But see, here's the thing. There's some people, there's some people that whenever they get out of the jail system or they get out of the prison system, they know that I have served my time. They know that I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. They know that whenever I walk out of the jail, I no longer have to look over my back. I am free. I am free. I am free. If I don't do anything else wrong, I leave this place and I don't have to worry about what, what, what I'm doing or anything like that because I realize there's freedom in me. So I want us to realize this morning as we look at this message, I want us all to understand that personal liberty means different things for different people. Inheritance. Joshua was called to inherit the promise. Joshua was called over the Jordan River to go after what had been promised. There was a group of people that walked around and complained for 40 years. Once they were out of the way, they had an opportunity to go in further than they've ever been before. And here they are. They're about to inherit the promise. This morning, I'm glad that I am, how would you say it, in Christ. I'm glad that I know that Jesus Christ died for me and today I now live in Christ. It is in Him I live. It is in Him I move. It is in Him I have my being. I I, I need to understand that while I'm in the presence of the Lord, that is one of the greatest things that a Christian can ever experience in their life, living inside of Christ, walking with Christ, spending time with Christ, understanding that there is something greater inside of me than He that is in the world. If we would learn to understand what God has given us and we stop living on the in-between and we realize I need to go further in. My mom and dad, I stopped this morning and done what any good son would do. I asked, I called them and said, I'm coming by. Fix me breakfast. Mama fixed me some chocolate gravy and some homemade biscuits. Man. That's some of the best stuff. But here's something that I understand about my mom and dad. They're growing weak. They're getting old. I spoke the other day in North Cleveland and my wife said it's a big church. And my wife said when I stepped up on that platform, she said, your hair looked plum white. 
I understand that I'm getting old myself. I'm almost growing weak. Not as weak as my dad. Not as weak as my mom. But time is beginning to wear away. And I understand as brother Albert said this morning that there are people that are entering into heaven. I realize that mom and dad are not far from that. I could be closer than they are, but maybe not. And, and I, I realize that someday mom and dad's going to die. And my sister and my brother and myself are going to split three ways, I hope. Y'all could laugh. Y'all are one of the driest bunch I believe I've preached to in a while. My goodness. There, there is an inheritance that mom and dad, it's not much, but it's a little bit of stuff, and we're going to get it. It's of no good to me unless they die. If I go to daddy's house and I say, Dad, I want that, and he said, well, when I die, it'll be split between you kids. I understand that. Folks, do y'all realize what Jesus did for us? He died and I have an inheritance. There is something that he has given me. There is something that I have that I can walk in. There's a peace. There's a joy. There's something that God has done for my life. And I am excited that there is an inheritance for me in my life. Now I want to take us somewhere because once Joshua got across the Jordan River. Once he got across there he had old man Caleb and old man Joshua himself, and then there was a bunch of teenagers. There was a bunch of people that uh, everybody else had died in the wilderness, and now they had crossed into the promised land. They had been living for 40 years in between. In Joshua chapter 5, I want y'all to listen to this because right here is where I'm getting to my message. But when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeah. Now, this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All of the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people that were born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about the desert for 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they had left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. At Kadesh Barnea, the covenant was broken. All of a sudden, there was, there was disobedience and the people began to wonder and walk around in circles. In fact, uh, I think it's in Deuteronomy chapter 2 that God looked at Moses and said, hadn't y'all walked around this mountain long enough? Hadn't you been in this circle going round and round and round haven't you done this long enough they had not obeyed the Lord see we need to realize that sometimes the problems in our life is not because of what the devil's done it's because of what we have not done it's because we have not obeyed God sometimes the reason that you may be having some financial difficulties sometimes the reason that your marriage may not be right sometimes the reason that your kids may be acting up may not be that the devil's doing what he's doing sometimes it has to do with your obedience Amen, Brother Kenny. I'll say it myself if y'all don't want to. Sometimes we need to realize that we get outside of what God had asked us to do. For the Lord had sworn them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give, give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place. You know what? I, uh, I hear... I got Brother McCorder here today, and my dad, I just left him, and my dad is 78 years old and still preaching, preaching. He can't hardly walk, but he'll preach this morning. And so I, I, I am blessed. I'm watching my son now preach the gospel in Memphis, Tennessee. I am watching my daughter and my son-in-law begin to share the word of God in a Baptist church that I, well, let's move on. They are working hard for the Lord, doing what God has asked them to do. 
They are doing all of these things. And I want, I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. I pray with all of my heart that they will accomplish things that I never, I never even come close to accomplishing. I want my kids to be blessed spiritually. I want my kids to find their place. I don't want them to always fall in what daddy did. I want them to find their place. I want them to get in. Not on daddy's coattail, but I want them to get in and lead the next generation of those six little grandbabies into the promised land doing what God's called us all to do. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, see y'all think, this preacher done lost it. He'd come to our church and talk about circumcision. I'm going a different way. Just hold with me. They remained where they were in the camp until they were healed. We got too many people today that has stepped out of bondage and they're living in between, but they've never dealt with their flesh. (laughs) Y'all hear me? There's some fleshly desires that I have. There's some fleshly desires that every one of us in this room have. There's some thoughts that are not God's thoughts. There are some ways that are not God's ways. There are some things inside of us that we need to cut away in our life. That is what I'm talking to us about today. There needs to be a heart bypass in some of us that gets rid of this stinking flesh in our life because we will never tap into what God has promised us until we deal with some of our own problems. How many of you know you can point fingers at me all you want to, but you better watch because if you point fingers at me, I think there's three pointing back at you. You need to realize that whenever you start pointing fingers and saying, you know what, you don't worship the way I do. I might be a little bit more spiritual than you are. You need to tell somebody, shut your mouth because you don't understand where I am. You may think that all of a sudden you're super spiritual, but you don't know what God has brought me through. You don't know how far God has brought me to the place where I'm at today. You don't understand my situation. So stop pointing fingers at anybody else in this place and start realizing that I need to deal with myself. Whenever I preached this sermon, I got saved. I'm telling you, some of us want to minister. Some of us want to do great things for God. But until you get healed of your flesh, you're never going to be able to go any further. There was a time after their circumcision, that last part that we see. They remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Some of you saying, when's it going to come my turn, Brother Kenny? When is it going to be my chance to get, able to get to be able to minister to somebody? When you get your flesh under control, whenever you get yourself at a place that you can honestly say, you know, I am healed of the, of the bondage that I was in. I am healed of the past that I came out of. I am sick and tired of living in between. Some people, if they watched me during the week, they wouldn't know if I was a Christian or if I was an unbeliever because I got everybody Everybody fooled, but you don't have God fooled. You may have everybody kind of kind of pushed over and, and, and let them look at your life and say, you know what, uh, oh brother, so-and-so's a good man, yet when you get behind closed doors, you let everything go. I, I, I'm telling you, we've got to get to the place where we cut away from this flesh and we realize that God has a greater plan for my life. You are not my problem. I am my problem. Your flesh is not my problem. My flesh is my problem. Do you Y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of us, y'all are not shouting me down, but I think I'm getting to you now. I, I think that we all need to realize that in this place today, God is calling us into a deeper realm. He is calling us to a higher place. He is calling us to a new position. He is calling us to transition our lives. He is calling us out of the traditional ways that we've always been in. But we have got to realize, I will never get there until I deal with my stinking flesh. Everybody say this, God, help me with my flesh. Now, whenever you said that, you said my flesh. It's not your flesh. It's it's not your brother's flesh. It's your own individual flesh. 
So they sat. They never went any further until they dealt with their flesh. And they got back into the covenant with God. They could never go in. Even though they crossed over, they could never go any further until they dealt with themselves. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Some of you are like, when's it going to be my turn? When you start dealing with yourself. Stop being critical of everybody else and start being critical of yourself. Start looking at, whenever you look in the mirror in the morning and you're putting that eye shadow, I'm just dealing with women right now, and you're putting all that stuff on that you, but men, whenever you start combing what little bit of hair you got left, whenever you start looking at all those things that's going on, hair turning gray, hair turning loose, and you start looking at all those things going on, realize that there needs to be a, a, a godly work going on, and that flesh that you're looking at that you're trying to make to look as best as it can you need to realize I need to start dealing with this stuff today you got to get healed I'll never get any further in my walk I'll never get in until I am totally dependent upon him I'll never get to the place that I need to be I'll never get in there until I understand he's given me an inheritance. He's promised something for me. It is in him I move and it's in him I live. It is in him I move and have He created me. He created me for praise. He created me for all these things that he's doing in my life. But I will never get to that place until every situation in my life that I say I have learned to depend on him. Your wife woke up hateful this morning. Depend on God to get you, get you out of it. Whenever, whenever your husband looks at somebody else walking down the street and he ain't looking at you no more learn to depend on God whenever you ain't got money in your pocket learn to depend on God I'm telling y'all this morning if we would learn to live on independence day I am living in him and I am depending on him because I'll never be what God wants me to do until I understand what independence means Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, what time y'all get out? When, you, when I'm ready? Hallelujah. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. I like Joshua. He went up to him and he said, are you for us or are you one of the enemy? And the answer came, Neither. But I am commander of the Lord that I have now come. I am the commander. Joshua, you thought she was in charge. You need to realize you ain't in charge. You second in command. If we would learn to realize in our submission days that it doesn't matter who I am, I'm always going to have to submit to somebody. The Bible says you submit yourself therefore to God. It says that, that, that then you can, you can flee the devil uh, or you can resist the devil and he has to flee out of your life. But I've got to submit to God. I've got to submit before the Lord. I've got to learn how to submit to one another. We need to realize this morning that, that we are not all of that in our life. I promise y'all, y'all listen at this statement. After they have walked past your casket and they have been by it boo-hooing, 30 minutes later they're going to be saying, pass the chicken. And life is going to move on. Don't think you're all that because you are not. What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. 
I'm sure that whenever you look back in Joshua's life, his spiritual father looked at him sometime in their journey of wandering around in the wilderness or being up on the mountain or being in the tabernacle. And sometime Joshua was told by Moses, son, let me tell you about the day that this bush, I was just out walking and this bush started to burn and God started speaking me out of that bush. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me and said, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And now all of a sudden Joshua finds himself in a place where God says to him, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. But some of us would probably say, God didn't move that way. That's ain't the way that God moved with Moses. And if God, God doesn't, God doesn't change. God, God, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. Sometimes you need to realize that yes, sometimes the methods, the, the methods change. The message does not, but the method changes sometimes God has something new he's wanting to do in your life and you need to let go and let God be what he wants to be in you so Joshua was standing there with his shoes off on holy ground and I'm almost done so don't freak out there's three different ways to serve the Lord to make the best plans we can and hope they succeed To make our plans and ask God to bless them. How many of you know we do that a lot? Third is to ask God for his plans and then do what he tells us to do. And this was why Joshua climbed the ladder to success. This is why Joshua was able to do what he did. And the children of Israel were successful. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. Does that next line stand out to anybody? None went out and none came in. It almost resembles the church of today. None went out and none came in. None went out and none came in. Where's all them people living in between? They ain't living in either place. Nobody's going out. Nobody's coming in. All kinds of things going on in the church world today. I'm telling you one thing that one thing that does my heart good. Sometimes you don't hear about the church splits like you used to. There for a while they were just rampant. Now we just change shirts or change churches like we do shirts. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, see, see. That word see means something right there because he's asking to see something that hadn't happened yet. Some of us in this place need to start looking at some things in our life that hadn't happened yet and start seeing it. Hello, Did I, am I am I the only one here this morning? Are y'all y'all just little people that sit in these seats? And hello, oh. <laughs> there's somebody here. All right, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram ram horns in the front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpet, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall, how many of you have been letting walls keep you out? You got too many things that's kept you out for too long. Sometimes you need to march around those things and start seeing that God has given you more than what you are tapped into. I realize, uh, listen, I'm going to tell you all a little bit of what has gone on with me since I've seen you all last. Uh, Brother Albert has done what most people do whenever I started telling him some of the things that I'm doing now. He says, how do you have time for that? I'm, I'm on business for the king. I, uh, 
last year got asked by our sheriff to run a jail. Our jail on uh, uh, Thursday night, whenever I preached there, just like I'm preaching here, our jail had 12 people to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ on Thursday night. Okay? Now, I hate jailhouse religion. I don't like it. I don't believe, and I might be dealing with some church house religion too, but I don't believe that God can transition you, save you, and change you, and you still talk like you did last week. So I may be dealing with not just jailhouse religion, but church house religion. Let God change you. God's wanting to do some work inside of us. But I am, I, am a, I am a jail administrator for the Dyer County Sheriff's Department. I have my own jail, my own staff, my own salary. Hallelujah. They furnish my own truck. Hallelujah. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. But the thing that I want y'all to do is God's put me somewhere where that I can change lives. Not just the church anymore. I'm in the place, I'm out there where stuff is going on. I'm out there where things are happening. I, uh, I get to go around and I get to go to churches and listen what I get to teach. I get to teach people how to do church security. Something that I never thought ever in my life that I would be doing inside a church, but teaching the church how to be safe and how to take care of the people in case something goofy walks in. Y'all hear me? I don't know, Kenny Belt was here, Albert was here, but I stayed here one night at this church. I had preached. We had just moved down here, I believe. I walked out there. Lynn was sitting here, and he heard me out there talking to somebody. Somebody looked at me and said, I want to hug you. He grabbed me and started choking me. Right here in that corner, right there in that church. Right there. That's been, how long has church been here? Long time. That's been a long time ago. Now let me, let me say something. Spiritually, I knew that I was in a spiritual battle, but my flesh took over. All right? And he let go. I'm telling you, we live in a day that we've got to protect one another. And God has put me in communities in churches, speaking, talking about the grace of God and teaching churches how to be safe. God has opened doors for me that I never thought that he would ever open. Today, whenever I look at y'all, I'm telling y'all that God has blessed me. He has blessed me far beyond what I ever thought God would ever do in my life. I get to preach the gospel almost every single day of the week. I am a blessed, blessed man. But I want to tell you something. I, for a long time, fought and said, I don't want to go in there. But one day, I decided, hey, Mary, I'm going in. I'm going in. Well, what, what, what about our time? What about it? What about it? I think Mary and I get to spend, I, I think she likes me more when I'm not around as much. We have stepped into what God has called us to do. We now have people getting out of jail. They are attending Junction Church of God and their families are coming with them and getting saved. I'm telling you, God has a plan for our life. But until God's people realize, I'm sick and tired of living in between. I've been saved, but I've never got in. I believe sometimes we need to say, step back, I'm going in. I, I want to tell you, I ride around with the sheriff's department sometime, and they'll look at each other, and they, uh, the house is blockaded, and all of a sudden they'll say, preacher, we're going in. I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm, I'm praying. I've got my hand on my gun. I'm saying, oh, Lord, protect us. Watch over them. Take care of them. I'm just saying, Lord, help us through all of this stuff that is going on. God's called us. If you will step, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. 
understand that the commander is standing with his sword drawn in our lives today and he says guys if you will understand I've got everything in control I just need some willing vessels that'll say I'll go in all the way I'll do whatever you ask me to do I'll get rid of my flesh I'll depend on you I will realize there is an inheritance for my life it is in him we live and move and have our being and then I want to I want to go to something right quick and at the end this is the last one I still think there's some people in America that still believe it is in God we trust things are changing folks things are changing this week when those people that goofy was standing on top of that car structure that car garage shooting our cops in Texas that's a bad thing it's also a bad thing whenever we look at the TV and watch our cops shooting people that maybe they don't need to shoot you don't know the whole story there's a whole video of there but sometimes they only show you what they want to see but I'm telling you you better stop Living in between. And you better make up your mind today because this world ain't going to get better. I never thought that I would be somebody that would go in a church and teach a church how to be safe. How to teach you how to take care of business in the church. I never thought that would be something that we would deal with. I never, years ago, whenever Pastor Lynn and I and one other pastor went up to Rod Parsley's church and he gave us this little book at, booklet talking about church security, I was like, that's because you got a church of 5,000, dude. Uh, my little church and Lynn's little church, we don't need nothing like that. But now we got our same issues going on in the church today. But I want to tell y'all, I'm not freaking out. I'm learning to transition with the times. But he's still the same God. And he is still saying, if you will put your dependence on me, there is an inheritance I've got for you, and I will touch your life, and I will be with you. All that you've got to be willing to do is say, I'm in. Let me, let me close with this little statement. I am not much of a, never have been a card player. I was watching St. Louis Cardinal baseball the other day. They need prayer. <laughs> but I was watching St. Louis Cardinal baseball the other day. And it went off of Fox Midwest and a card game come on. And I had done what I do sometimes. Whenever I lay down and I was watching the ball game, I fell asleep. And whenever I woke up, this guy had all these little chips. And he pushed them. And he said, I'm all in. When are we going to go all in and all out for the all in all? When are we going to do it? What's it going to take? I'm telling you right now is the best time in America for us to put our trust in God. And us to say, you know what? I'm all in. I, I put it all, I depend on him. I trust in him. I, I, I think he's going to inspire me. I think, he's going to, I think he's going to allow me to do things that as he speaks his word, I'm going to initiate his word and I'm going to see all of these things come to pass. Now here's my altar call to you. I used to give some great altar calls. I've learned over time, sometimes people just want somebody to lay hands on them, them not do anything. Hello? Uh, let, me, let me say it like this. One time I preached, and this man pulled his hair back, had big, ugly hair like Steve. <laughs> and he pulled, his, he pulled his hair back, and he said, give me what you got. And I said, buddy... I want to tell you something. That's, that's before I had a little bit of tact about me and I just told him what I thought. You can't get what I got by me laying my hands on you. It's going to take time. 
it's going to take prayer. It's going to take spending time in the presence of God. I think that we raised up a generation of people that's wanting the preacher to pray for them, to lay hands on them, pull them out of all their troubles. I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to happen until you go all in. It ain't going to happen until you give everything that you've got and you say, I'm in, and I'll do what God asked me to do. Amen. That's my altar call. How many of you want to go all in for the Lord? Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. My brother, Steve, <laughs> I started to call Brother Kenny. That's funny how, how Lynn leaves and he says, I'm going to bring in my brother Kenny and this is my other brother Kenny. I'm not, I'm not going to touch you this morning. Because I think that we've misled congregations way too much. This is what I want to challenge you with. Albert, is that good? Is that all right? This is what I want to challenge you with. Don't get out of your seat today. Unless you're willing to say, I'm all in. And whenever you get up here, you don't wait for some preacher with a bottle of olive oil to touch you on your forehead and hope something goes on. I'm telling you, here's what you need to do. You're going to step out of that seat and you're going to come and you're going to say, I'm all in. And then you're going to enter into the presence of an almighty God. Whenever you turn around to go back to your seat, don't leave it here. Go all in whenever you go back there. And then whenever we dismiss in just a few moments and you go home, don't quit and go back to the land of in-between. Say, I'm all in. In the morning, whenever you wake up to go to work, don't go back to your fleshly ways. Say, I'm all in. I'm all in of what God has called me to do. If you want to go all in for the Lord, I want you to get out of your seat. It's up to you. It's up to you. that has come today saying God I'm ready to go all in for you God I thank you that Lord right here around this front is change around this front is transition around this front is a group of people Father that are about to step into God what you have promised them there's an inheritance waiting for them God, there's an inheritance that they're experiencing right now. There's an inheritance they'll experience when they go back to their seat. There's an inheritance they'll experience when they go home. There's an inheritance that they'll experience when they go to work tomorrow. God, the rest of their life, God, as long as they will admit I'm all in every day of their life. God, I pray that, Lord, that you will touch this group. I pray, Father, that, Lord, that you will minister to this group. And, God, many lives, many souls will be changed because of this group going all in for you God I thank you God that this is not the end this is the beginning this is something fresh this is something new God this is something that you're doing right now in this place and in the lives of these individuals God in Jesus name right now right now touch them Lord touch them God all in for you Lord all in and all out for the all in all God right now in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord Jesus.
Okay, I want everybody to put their hands down. Everybody bow your heads again with me. I wonder today if there's anybody in this place that if God was to call you home right now, there's doubts in the back of your mind if you would make heaven. You're just wondering. It can happen at any time you slip out of this life. This preacher's come to preach God's love and God's message to this church today. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, and you would like to, I ask you to just lift your hand up right quick. Whenever you lift it up, put it right back down. Anybody in this place today? Anybody here? Say, Brother Kenny, will you pray for me? I'm lost and I need Jesus in my life. Anybody here today? Young person, old person? Okay. Hallelujah. Sing to me, Steve. pray a prayer over this church. Father, God, you've been so good to abundant life. God, I thank you, that Lord, that you have blessed this church with a great staff, great leadership. God, I thank you, that Lord, that you've blessed them with great facilities. But God, I pray that, Lord, that whenever people will drive by on this road out here, God, when people go down the interstate, that, God, that there would be something to draw them into this place because of a church that has gone all in, dependent upon you, Father. Lord, I pray that, Father, that, Lord, whenever people, Father, meet this congregation at work, at Walmart, at the grocery, I pray, Father, they will be drawn, Father, to a group of people that, Father, are all in for you. Father, I pray that, Lord, that you forgive us today of our fleshly ways. I pray, God, that you will put godly ideas and godly creative things inside of our minds, Father. Lord, there's still great ministries to be done. Father, there's still great people that, Father, need to be touched for the gospel. God, I pray today, Father, that there will be no fear. God, these people do not have to be dismayed. They do not have to be afraid because, God, you are leading the way. God, they may be a commander-in-chief, but Lord, they're second in command. God, I pray that you lead and guide this group, Father, where you want them to be. And God, we bless this church. God, I pray that, Lord, that you will be with Pastor Lynn, Sister Tammy, with Catherine and their friend, God, as they travel back. God, I pray that, Lord, that you will watch over them and camp angels around them, God, right now, Father. And we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all, uh, I want y'all to know I, I appreciate this church. Um, I met Lynn and Tammy a number of years ago before uh, J- Jonathan and uh, Catherine were ever even into existence. And... Uh, God has blessed them, and they have blessed y'all with great leadership. And uh, I just want y'all to know I stand beside your pastor, and I stand with him, and I just pray God's blessing upon this house today. Brother Albert. Where's the youth that are going on a trip? They're gone. There's some of them. Where y'all going? Where? Man, that's God's country. It's close to Church of God Kingdom. Uh, uh, 
everything, everything we do, that's what we call Gatlinburg and, and or, or actually Chattanooga and Cleveland uh, for the Church of God. That's the promised land. Uh, so, in fact, on Tuesday, I'm going to the promised land. So, uh, um, anyway, y'all going to Gatlinburg? What y'all doing? All kinds of stuff. Okay. Y'all taking them to Hatfields and McCoys? Man, that's that's one of the best shows there. I want to tell you, we, we go and take our kids all the time. Uh, the reason I like it so well, I woke up one morning craving chicken. I didn't want to go to work. I knew I was called to be a preacher. They got some of the best chicken right there that I ever had. It's a great place to eat. All right. Uh, let's pray over them. Father, thank you for the youth of Abundant Life Worship Center. God, as they travel, God, the van, the van drivers, the people meeting them, God, we pray again a hedge of protection around that van. God, we pray that, Lord, that as they do this camp, that, God, it will be a great time, a great time in your presence, a great time of fellowship, not only with you, but with one another. God, I pray that, Father, that you bless these young people, God. And, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Our church camp closed out on uh, Thursday this week. We had four weeks of youth camp and uh, had about 2,000 kids at youth camp. And just a great time. Uh, God, uh, where's Albert? Are you done? Y'all, I guess we're done. Y'all be blessed. Uh, you have a bake sale? And your directories are for sale. Don't forget to set up tables. Thank y'all very much. All right. God bless y'all. Good to see y'all again. I'll be looking forward to seeing y'all next year.